Welcome back to Research Matters. It's our podcast produced by UNICEF's Office of Research in Florence, Italy. I'm Kathleen Sullivan, our communication specialist. And today we're talking to our researchers from our education team, Juliana Zapata and Sarah Fuller, about sport for development for children. Saturday, April 6, 2019 is the International Day of Sport for Development and Peace. And on the heels of this auspicious day, we're looking back at our new report, Getting Into the Game, Understanding the Evidence for Child-Focused Sport for Development, which we just launched last week in Barcelona with our partners, the Barca Foundation, and our fellow UNICEF counterparts, who helped us put together this wonderful launch. But we'll also be talking about the report itself. So without further ado, let me introduce our guests today, Juliana and Sarah. Could you introduce yourselves and talk a little bit about how you got involved in this report on sport? Thanks, Kathleen, for having us on. Um, it's very exciting for us. Um, so I, I'm Juliana, and I just uh, I joined the uh, UNICEF Office of Research about a year and a half ago, and I started to immediately start working on this project. I've worked for a number of years on education, and this was an opportunity to um, pivot a little bit and, and bring um, a different aspect, I guess, to, the, to my education work uh, and to look at it from another point of view, from the point of view of sport. And we'll talk a little bit about how education and sport are related and, and, and the outcomes of education as it relates to sport for development a little bit later. Um, and Sarah, what about you? How did you get involved in this? Sure, thanks for having us. Um, I started with UNICEF about six months ago. And similarly to Juliana, my background is in education as well. So I was really excited for the opportunity to expand a bit on that and to see how sport fits in not only to education, but also other outcomes that interact with that as well. Great, thank you. So I think I want to start off by asking a question that I get a lot. How, how do we... How do we explain what we mean by sport for development? And what are we saying beyond sport is a good idea for children? So the work that we do at UNICEF is, is um, under the mandate of the Convention of the Rights of the Child. And one of, those, one of the articles states that um, children have the right to leisure, to play, to recreation activities. And I think it's from there that we were doing this work as well as um, the fact that, you know, yes, sport is good for kids, but we're moving beyond that. How do we know, how do we get sport to, how, do, how can we use sport as a tool for personal, uh, personal development, but also social development? How do we use sport to really achieve our 2030 goals of the Sustainable Development Goals? And so this report was really the first step in looking at how sport can help us, looking at examples of sport for development around the globe. Right. So what did you look at? You did, you did a big survey of all of the sport for development programs that were out there, both UNICEF programs and non-UNICEF programs. And you asked questions like, um, who are they targeting? What are the programs offering? Where are the programs located? What else were you asking in your survey? Well, we also wanted to understand how these initiatives are achieving their goals, what goals they set and how they're monitoring their achievement of them. Um, and also, and what, what challenges they face as well, because the challenges that they face also helped to inform the creation of other initiatives um, and, and how they can be improved as well. 
Right. And so in doing that, you were able to reveal a little bit about what's working, what's not working in these support for development programs. I think from that, you discovered that there were these four outcome areas of, of, of what's being achieved through sport. Yeah. So, so I think one of the, one of the things that we wanted to find out also was, um, we know that like you were, like we were talking about before, right? That sport can help you achieve, um, child well-being health outcomes, but we wanted to go beyond that. So how can sport help us under, uh, achieve our education goals? How can sport uh, help us achieve um, better social inclusion among children and society? How can um, sport help us to um, achieve child protection, reduce uh, violence, reduce negative behaviors? Um, and how can sport also Empower. Empower children. Yes, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> a very important I read, one. I read the report, so, you know. Um, a very important one. Yeah. Um, so, so, okay, I think this is really interesting to go into some of these examples. So, Sarah, would you mind walking me through just how exactly Sport for Development has the potential to empower children uh, using an example from uh, the survey or, or, or from, from the report? Sure. Uh, so in, in the report, we looked at empowerment from three different aspects. We looked at group empowerment, I'm sorry, starting with individual empowerment, also group empowerment and community empowerment. And what does that mean? What is, what is community empowerment versus group empowerment? Sure. So group empowerment is collective agency that comes from thinking, working, and playing together, uh, aiming to achieve common goals and experiences that often are had when, when children are playing team sports. Community empowerment is, is taking that a step farther uh, and going uh, toward the enhancement of local communities' engagement with one another, um, contributing to their own sustainable development, really in owning that empowerment, owning those activities uh, and that development on their own. Right. Um, so team sports can contribute to this uh, by being involved in community activities and creating those connections between participants and community members. Beyond uh, just the team. Sure. If you're having any impact on the community beyond the, the game itself. Exactly. Right. So involving okay. those community members in decisions, having um, consultation forums, for example, involving the children in those decisions so that they and the community both see the children as important members of fostering community development. And the way that this can happen, uh, besides those activities that I just mentioned, are, are really fostering that collective agency, um, supporting participatory approaches and uh, promoting the engagement on, on all levels. Um, and, and one example that we had in the report that we discussed that's, that's doing this very well is the Football Moss uh, program that's really moving beyond just individual and group empowerment to achieve community empowerment outcomes. Uh, Football Moss operates in over 70 neighborhoods in seven different regions of, of Chile. Uh, Chile, in addition to Peru, Ecuador, uh, Haiti, Mexico, Paraguay, and Kenya. And really, it's working on recovering public spaces to be used for sport, um, to, to promote protection of children, training uh, on sports, and, and promoting interaction in uh, different contexts. And the, the model that they're using really is, is helping to promote children's well-being and solidarity. So they're moving toward community ownership of each of these initiatives. So even though it's begun by the Football Moss program, they're also working toward a point when the community themselves can completely take over the running and the operation of this. Okay, really interesting. Beyond empowerment, what would you say is another 
great outcome of, of these sport for development programs. I, I think I'd, I'd like maybe, maybe to steer you in the direction and talking about how does sport for development improve education outcomes for children? Because that's what we hear a lot, and we see that connection through this report. And in fact, you both are education researchers. The link between uh, sport, sport for development uh, and education, I mean, when we are looking at, at sport for development and education outcomes, is take it a step further. So how do we use sport or that time in physical education, for example, to, to work on the development goals? You know, one of the important things about this report is that we were, we were trying to synthesize and put together all the evidence on sport for development and these four child outcome areas. Um, for education, it was a little less unclear, which signifies that we need to invest a little bit more in, in evidence building. Um, but, but the key there was that we did find that uh, children that participated in sport for development programs had better uh, focus or concentration, in, uh, better focus in their, in their classrooms. They had better relationships with their teachers and, and adults which means that it can suggest that there's a better uh, teaching and learning environment for them. Um, a lot of, an, another important point about um, kind of uh, education outcomes and, and just education-focused uh, S4D initiatives was that it, it um, gave children the opportunity or the space to kind of problem solve together as a group. Uh, and to, to identify first the problems that they were facing, whether it was in school or, or in their communities, and how to problem solve together, which is a, a key critical thinking skill that, that children need and young people need. Right, and I also like what you touched on too, is that through the mentorship and having a coach or trainer, they're developing these relationships with adults, and then that carries into the classroom where they're having better relationships with their teachers because they know how to interact with these people who are there to help them. So I, I find that really interesting. So, so this was phase one of a larger study and collaboration with the Barca Foundation. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what your goals were for this first report in phase one, getting into the game, which we just launched, and, and what you hope to accomplish in a second phase and why? So in this first phase, when we were, we've been working with, as you said, the Barca Foundation um, and, and our counterparts around uh, UNICEF uh, to, to really identify and assess the evidence on sport for development and these areas. Because this is the first time that it's being done for children and young people. Um, and so... Right, just to clarify, this is the first ever global report on sport for development. For children. For children. Yes. 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 Um, you have a yes. It was the first time that we did this, and and so um, this first phase was just to identify what's out there. What do we know from the evidence? And one of the things also that's important to find to that came out of this is that many of those studies don't really tell us how these programs are made. So how can we help our practitioners? Our programming officers in the field um, build better sport for development programs in order to achieve those personal and social development goals, um, in order to improve the lives of children and and young people, which is our bread and butter, right? The um, objectives of, of this first phase was also to 
build theories of change. So this phase two, uh, we're trying to, we're gonna take it a step further. We're gonna continue to get into the game uh, and, and really set out. We're in the game, right? And we're continuing to play it. Right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and really just um, solidifying, I think, and, and making sure that the rules of the game are evidence-based. Um, and so the, the second phase of the, pro, uh, the project is actually we're going to be going out into the field and working with sport for development programs to understand how they're achieving these outcomes. What is the, the contribution of sport to education outcomes. Can we take it a step further? Can programmers and practitioners take that, um, use our, our information to, to better their programs, to improve their, and strengthen their programs um, for, for the, in the four outcome areas? I think it's important to mention too, by 2021, we hope to have a framework uh, for sport for development for children, which is really based on the research that's been done in phase one and also informed by phase two to take to practitioners and policymakers and, and really help them to make decisions about how sport for development can be implemented and designed uh, to, to achieve these development outcomes. Great. I think that's, that sounds wonderful. I mean, uh, it's always great to hear about how our research can really be used and not just sitting on a shelf somewhere. So, uh, and I, I think through our partners, um, especially working with program managers within UNICEF who have support for development programs, but also with Barca Foundation and other uh, external programs, I, I, it really feels like we have an opportunity here to, to reach so many children through these existing programs. In, in this first phase, we had a programming survey and the link is still open to that programming survey. Um, so for, you're continuing to collect evidence. Yeah, new surveys. Exactly. Well, okay. it's yeah, the same We're, survey but new answers. Exactly. And we want to reach out um I don't know if there's a sport for development program out there that's listening or or an organization that's using sport um to achieve child outcomes. We would love to hear from them. Um because we really are looking to kind of you know, expand our map, the map that we currently have of 106 programs and go beyond that. Right. And, and just so our listeners out there know, our, our current phase one project is, is live online at www.unicef-irc.org slash getting hyphen into hyphen the hyphen game. And there you can find our interactive map that shows our UNICEF S4D programs, as well as our external programs. And we're continuing to update those maps with new programs. And we have our surveys on there as well. So if anyone can access the survey questionnaire there, developing. So we'll continue to keep that link active as we go into phase two. So anything else you guys would like to add, uh, especially uh, as we celebrate the International Day of Sport for Development and Peace? Any big messages or anything, big takeaways from working on this project over the past year or, or so? I think for me, one of the big takeaways is that, you know, going back to, you know, kind of the conversation that we've been having is that you wake up thinking about sport. Maybe you think about, oh, I, maybe I should go for a run or maybe I do go for a run or maybe I'm going to go to that yoga class or that dance class. You know, and, and the, the positive impact of this research has really shown how it really has great effect on your own well-being. Exactly. <laughs> um, and that, but beyond that, you know, it, that's on a personal level, but, you know, we estimate that about one in 500 children are involved in S4D programming. 
that's not counting the kids that are waking up or you know going to do sport uh, in physical education or you know in an after school team or something or, or just playing outside. Um, so yeah, so one in one in five hundred children are involved in, in sport for development programs uh, around the world, and and we can harness that. Uh, we can try to harness that with with evidence informed uh, programming. Um, to reach these children and improve their lives, not only in in their health and nutrition, but going beyond that, like we've been talking about in these four four areas, and and really, um, you know, hopefully make an impact on the sustainable development goals to to reach our agenda for twenty thirty. Right, and Sarah, anything? Yeah, I think it's it's interesting doing this research. We learn all the time about new initiatives, and I think they're continuing to pop up all over the world, and that's great. I think people are really excited about sport, and that's fantastic for us. We're really excited to hear about that. But at the same time, I think we want to make sure that sport's potential to have an impact on the sustainable development goals and to move beyond individual outcomes is really capitalized upon to its to its greatest potential. Um, and I think to do that, we have to make sure that the evidence is, is put to use. So as much as we are excited to hear that these initiatives are, are increasing, we really want to hear from those organizations um, so that we can be in touch and also so that our network can continue to grow and we can make sure that sport is, use, is used in, in um, all the ways that it possibly can be to achieve those outcomes. Right. And I, I think what we're seeing from the research is the benefits of sports go beyond just if you're naturally talented. It's, it's more important to be more inclusive and to focus not just on winning, but on the activity itself and on team cohesion and team spirit and, and working together towards a common goal and, and, and playing for, for fun, not necessarily playing to make it to the Olympics. So could you speak to that a little bit? Sure. I think it's important that uh, sport is, is recognized for its potential to be inclusive, but that programs that are aiming to achieve that are purposely, purposefully designed to do so. So inclusive sport is when children have access to the center and the, the way that the place where they're playing is designed is not exclusive. It's when children from all different backgrounds are, are playing together, but that the connections at a, at a community level are also fostered. It's when children are, are treated as, for the strengths that they have, rather than children, for example, who have disabilities being seen as a deficit. Um, right, and anti-bullying measures, right? I think that's a big part of sport. Right, that's a huge part of sport, especially when we look at aspects such as with safeguarding. It's important that these programs recognize that sometimes sport contributes to violence um, because some of these behaviors are so normalized when it comes to certain sports. And I think our report really touches on that, that safeguarding uh, is necessary, that, that promoting social inclusion needs to be done uh, with that aim and, and needs to be done purposefully. Responsibly. Right, exactly, very responsibly as well. And, and these initiatives and anyone involved in sport have, have the responsibility to ensure that safeguarding and, and child protection are uh, implemented at all levels, that all coaches who are working with children, all, all staff members working with children are trained on child protection and that there are pathways to ensure that those principles are, are implemented as well. So as much as sport has, the, has this potential, it's also important to remember that, that these things have to be addressed. Great, really important, thank you. Any last words from you, Juliana? Um, no, I, th I mean, I think, I think the important 
point that, that Sarah's talking about also is, is just the, the importance of well-designed programming. Um, thinking, having an intent before programs are actually, before, are implement, before they're implemented, um, to think about what your outcomes, what your impact is, and, and designing them with intention, um, w having not only the positive aspects of sport, but also the risks that can be, that can put children uh, in a vulnerable position. Um, and, and, and more than that, as programs are being designed, it's important to also think about uh, multi-sectorality of it and bringing other areas in that sport, um, to get the development right in sport for development, um, it can't be done alone. It's not just about sport. You know, it's, it's more than just a game. Um, we need to bring in those other, the other partners from education, from social policy, from child protection, uh, in order to build stronger, stronger programs and, and to, to achieve those sustainable development goals. Great, thank you. Well, un unfortunately, I think that's all the time we have today to talk about this, um, but I'm really happy that we had a chance to do this for the International Day of Sport for Development and Peace. For more on this, please visit our website, as mentioned, at unicef-irc.org. Uh, and follow us for more updates on Twitter, at UNICEF Innocenti, and on Facebook, at UNICEF Innocenti. Thank you, Juliana and Sarah. Thank you, Kathleen, for having us on here. Yeah, Thanks we so really much. enjoyed talking to you. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. <laughs>